For example, like what is it, Burley and Bots million flavor beans or something? Oh like yes, that? Every the thing from beans. Harry Potter's or mm-hmm. whatever. Je- uh, jelly beans do it too, and they're always like booger. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm like. <laughs> You got like an expert there and knows how to how to make that work. <laughs> our our booger scientists have formulated the perfect <laughs> booger flavor. I have um I have this weird... like well th- th- this jelly bean we're close but it's not quite booger. It's like somebody's got a dish of boogers there and they're like, uh, taste this jelly bean. <laughs> no, no, you said it tastes like a booger. Taste it. Okay, yes, sir. Does that taste like a booger to you? Um, I don't know. Here, taste a booger. <laughs> Do I have to, sir? Uh, I mean, you, you've claimed that this tastes like a booger. I'm just trying to make sure you understand the difference. They probably all just <laughs> just taste like uh, citric acid and sugar. Yeah. Well, it's funny. That's all it is. Well, it's funny because I actually enjoy some of the weird ones. Like, uh, I've actually had these, like, Harry Potter beans. Yeah, yeah. And, and one of them was grass. Yeah, I actually kind of like and grass. And I was like, you know what? Mm-hmm. It's very tasty, but what it, what it probably is, if we're being honest, is like a very light like pina colada mixed with like lime, mm-hmm. and just like your brain goes, oh, that's like green things, right? <laughs> sort of. I don't know. So, so I guess what I'm saying is, it's funny that your cilantro story was like, oh, it makes people think of you know, it tastes like soap, and I'm thinking to myself like, if they've never tasted soap before, what what do they think they're tasting? <laughs> also, conspiracy theory: Apple Jacks and Fruit Loops are the same cereal. Mm. They just only take the green and orange ones out and add a little bit of cinnamon spice. Interesting. Check I've out the, check out the ingredients. They're the same. I've heard that. <laughs> I've heard that. Um, <laughs> I've heard that uh, the same can be applied to lucky charms and magic stars, except they're themed differently. <laughs> Well, of course, magic stars are only one aspect of Lucky Charms. It's like the Twitter to Lucky Charms Facebook. You can do all the things. It just has one feature. Yeah. It's the one that Hearts, the people really stars, want. Hearts, stars, horseshoes, clovers, and blue moons. So in magic stars are like, we just need the stars and the blue moons. That's we all wanna, we really need. We really wanted to remove distraction from our cereal. <laughs> All right, you guys ready to start? I'm Zach. I'm Colin. And I'm Bob. And welcome to the Houseplants Podcast 2021. Have you guys all survived? I'm still here. I'm not sure I am. (laughs) My brain is like... What are you still doing here, Shut down. (laughs) Well, what are we here to talk about? Music. Media, but not social media. And the mission of Jesus. Woo! Awesome. And a lot more. Um, we are we are going to continue on this train that we have uh, started. Along. We didn't know it was a train. We thought we just had the uh, just engine. Just one off. Yeah. We thought we had the you engine. You can't but... have episodes without a series. And you can't have a series without a thing that is a series of. True. Like, if I, said, <laughs> if I said, we are doing a set tonight. <laughs> set of what? I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> Set of series. We're going to do a group of, and we'll figure it out. <laughs> We're going to do a murder of <laughs> crows. Okay, good. <laughs> so, yeah, um, we've decided to uh, kind of con- continue on this theme. Uh, something that Zach kind of uh, sort of came up with, his his brainchild, as is, is that phrase usually uh, used. Um, and so he had this cool thing last time with the uh, love without risk or... Um, 
I guess, relationship without risk to a, a more broad uh, stroke. And so this time we're going to be talking about unity without truth. Or can that a topic? Can, can it be a thing? Can we it sh- exist? We shall see. But first, we're going to do some worship, and Heck we yeah. are going to do some uh, interesting worship. Uh, Zach and I decided we had some uh, irons in the fire as far as new worship music is concerned, but this time we decided still to still there. We're still poking at them. Oh, we're still yeah. But oh, yeah. we yeah. decided we're going to do more of a like impromptu, just kind of like uh, worship thing that Zach's been working on, and I'm just going to kind of groove to it. So. We hope you guys enjoy. It is based on Revelation 15, Zach. Mm-hmm. I'm going to read it. Okay, please do. This will just be the intro to the song. <laughs> I like we'll it. We'll just set it up that way. I saw in heaven another great and marvelous sign, seven angels with the seven last plagues, last because with them God's wrath is completed. And I saw what looked like a sea of glass glowing with fire. And standing beside the sea, those who had been victorious over the beast and its image, and over the number of its name. They held harps given them by God, and sang the song of God's servant Moses, and of the Lamb. Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true are your ways, King of nations. Who will not fear you, Lord, and bring glory to your name? For you alone are holy. Let's do it. Great and marvelous are your deeds, Lord God Almighty. Just and true.
come to you today just um, feeling overwhelmed in two different ways. We are overwhelmed by what is currently going on in the world, but we are also overwhelmed by how much control you have over it. Um, We are overwhelmed, uh, but we know that you are not, um, that you will never be. And we thank you for that, that you have all things in your hands. Um, So tonight we lay those uh, worries, those woes down at your feet. Um, We come ready to, again, uh, step to the word, step up to the altar. And um, we pray that you would come close to us, draw near to us as we draw near to you, as we dive into your word and learn more about you in fellowship and in worship. And um, we want to pray that you would be here with us. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well done, fellas. Well done. Cool stuff. Very, I, very I really good. like that. I like that. Uh, that the the melody, the what what you all had going on there. That that had a really neat feel to it. Zach's song was good, but I made it great with the leads. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. So so Zach, um, I I uh, I kind of took the floor early. I want you to kind of lay it out for us because this is again this is your kind of thing. So. Let's let's find out exactly what we're talking about with a Z-A-K exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, everyone says that they want unity, right? Oh, who yeah. Would, who would say, eh, disunity for me? Not a thing, right? Everybody's like, ah, oh, unity, unity, we need it, especially in the church. Well, unity with the people I agree with. <laughs> well, yeah, that is a viewpoint, right? <laughs> <laughs> But there what is go. what is real unity? Like what does unity make you guys think of? If you if you had unity in your church, what would that look like to you guys? Ooh. Um well everyone comes in with the same shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's a logo of Pikachu, but with a uh 
nice like suit and tie and he has a bible in his hand that would be a devil worshiping church so. no, <laughs> no just it's kidding. just themed just kidding, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness the unity of all uh, de- dedicating themselves to wearing a terrible shirt idea in church <laughs> no no so bob what were you saying no, well, if, for me, this idea of what would unity look like in the church, unity would be, um, in my mind, um, a group of people who are in consensus, um, mm-hmm. consensus on direction, consensus on uh, on the things that, that, that truly matter. Um, they're also a group that's really trying to care for each other and be involved in each other's lives. Yeah, like I would it. say much the same kind of stuff. Um, people who are... Um, as the Bible described the disciples as being in one accord, mm-hmm. um, which, you know, I don't know why they didn't choose a civic. Yeah. I guess the accord is more roomy. Yeah. It's, mm. it's got more space to it. Bit. Yeah. So. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, oh, and, and just for, for reference for anybody who cares, um, there would be a speech bubble above Pikachu and it would say Pikachu, but then there would be words above it that would say, God, we want to Pikachu like peek at you yeah and then it's oh like goodness. it's like pikachu like looking at his bible yeah so <laughs> that's like the psalms you know no, where everybody just wants to see god that's see it his glory. see his yeah. face okay sorry yeah, definitely so zach what does it look like for you yeah i think i think people uh being guided towards the same direction and under the same truth i think that the more i learn about unity and the more that i've seen people make attempts at unity uh, mm-hmm. The more I see that you can't have it fully unless we are under some spiritual or some absolute truth. That's so, going to be kind of my thesis going forward. So what you're saying is kind of like blind faith in a way. What you're trying to say is that if there's nothing to unite under, you can't have unity. Yeah, maybe not truly. I mean, I believe that you can have peace to a certain extent right the big example that i think about with this is uh does, do you guys remember the coexist bumper sticker uh-huh it has the word coexist written controversial out in the um in the different symbols of different religions yeah um so basically the idea being coexist with your neighbors brah um have peace yeah. and don't fight brah um, yes, which which is what a lot of people um, I, I even know Christians who use that bumper sticker. Mm-hmm. That, that was kind of their main idea. They didn't realize that it had a much broader sense of, of I mean, their big thing was about world, it was more focused on world peace mm-hmm. than it was about um, than, than it was about that all religions are equal. Yeah, exactly. So peace between people who think differently, I think we all can agree with. Right. Sure. Sure. Mm hmm. But all religions being equal is not a possibility when you consider what different religions teach. Mm-hmm. So like, for example, Islam uh, teaches that there's no way that God could have a son. You know, there is no Jesus is not the son of God. According to them, he's just a prophet. He's equal with Muhammad. He's equal with any of us, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and so those two things don't drive up with Christianity. And so um, how can you have like a true like community that's like dedicated to the truth Mm -hmm. together and doing life together if there's not some standard of truth? That's my question. Hmm. 
Well, it's definitely a deep question. It's it's, yeah. it's, it's one that that's that's hard to give an, an exact answer to, but I definitely see see kind of where you're going with this. So uh, there was something I was going to bring up mm-hmm. just for for everyone in the in the audio sphere to think about, and that is um, that I know a lot of Christians have mentioned in the past. You know, let's just unite into the things we can agree with. Yeah. Okay. So, for example, mm-hmm. okay, seems simple enough. A Messianic Jew, a Methodist, and a Pentecostal all can okay. agree that Jesus is the Son of God. Okay. Okay. It's almost like you're talking more about like the Nicene Creed, for example. No, no, no. I just mean when I was a Christian, or mm-hmm. when you go to church, or if you meet a Christian in the in the supermarket, and mm. you realize that you're going to have a big disagreement with their particular denomination or something. Yeah. A lot of times they go, well, we can just agree that we all love Jesus. So it's fine, mm-hmm. you know, except for, but you know, whatever. But what I think Zach is talking about is like, that is, that is just a small mm-hmm. aspect of the yeah. full truth of God. Right. So um, when we talk about unity, um, I think it has deeper deeper application for like where we're going with the unity. Like where where is the the community going? But anyway, mm-hmm. I was just floating yeah. that out okay. there yeah. because because you can unite under something really basic. Okay. Yeah. But you you may or may not unite under what yeah. happens after that. So like for example, a uh, a, a ministry that goes over to Haiti, mm-hmm. they are taking their understanding of the gospel and doing stuff with it. So they're, they're united in their group to do this one thing, but then there might be a completely different church that still believes in Jesus and stuff like that, but doesn't do any ministry at all. So that's a, that's two, that's a different way of looking at unity in that. Anyway, sorry, this is a side thing, but I'm just saying it's something to think about as we go through the episode. Yeah, sure. Now, do, does unity that is formed under just like an opinion or formed under something more shallow, does it hold up when difficulties tend to come? Yeah, and and, and that that right there tends yeah. to be the biggest issue. And right. so uh, many times you even see some of these more, I, I would even categorize them as shallow unity opinions uh, deba- begin to yeah. develop um, under hardships. But once those hardships are kind of more resolved, or at least they've gone along long enough, you mm-hmm. tend to find that unity kind of uh, fades. And what I mean by that is, for example, um, where currently the big, it's tr- the big trend is um, where you put a hashtag behind it and yeah. put community, what community name here, strong. Mm-hmm. So hashtag Kentucky strong. Yeah. Or something along those lines. Like, so you're talking about like when disaster strikes or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or some, some mm-hmm. major thing or, you know, a pandemic strikes and we got to come together and that unify. Happen. <laughs> <laughs> but... But yeah, 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 but 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 those types of things. But then after a while, you either see people fading out from mm-hmm. it, or you know the the needs no longer there, or on the other side of things where the more positive aspects where you get the fandoms, you know, and as long as the team's doing well, you know, everyone's unified. The fair weather fans, yes. But okay. then, but but then when yeah. the team begins to go down so much, you know, you, you I mean, everyone comes out for the championship game. But not everyone's always there for any of the other mediocre games and not the games that really don't matter as much. So so the difference between a sporting event mm-hmm. and the church, which is something I think Zach's gonna get to, is that you can all go there as fans and just appreciate your favorite team. That's sure. That's sure. That's 
a thing that you like, sure. right? But you're unified under this team, but yeah. not that team over there. Well, hold on, but that's but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Let's say that everybody, let's say that the truth of this particular community of of, of Kentucky Wildcats is that everybody knows that the <laughs> Kentucky Wildcats are the number one best team. I don't know, whatever. But in the case of church, um, we're actually agreeing on a lot, and we're still not unified. Mm-hmm. So the sure. problem the problem is. Like if we're that's that's the point I was trying to make earlier is that yeah. like we we can all agree that Jesus is Lord right we can sure sure there, but somehow there are like oh, fifty different Christian denominations in, in yeah. America that are prominent and so we really aren't unified except on a basic level and that's not really what God calls us to is that what you're saying Zach I mean in a, in a roundabout way well I don't know if I can go and like pick and choose denominations and like which ones are like in and which ones are living out no, the truth or right. not. No, I'm not um, saying that at all. I'm saying yeah. you, you, you said that Yeah. like you, you asked the question here. You said, uh, everyone says we want unity, but why does mm-hmm. everything people try tend to fail? Yeah. And so what I'm saying is like, even within your own church, you may not have unity. Yeah. I think it depends on where, like who's running the project of unity. So Bob brought up like a, something like Kentucky strong sort of thing. Uh Well, ultimately, even if it's something that's intention for good, if it's man-made, there's going to be the possibility of hypocrisy and um, people not really following it or uh, people being unfair, uncharitable within that. And it's going Mm -hmm. to fly in the face of the unity that you want. And, And more specifically, a lot of these times, these things, the two that I brought up here are very, very subjective. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it, and let, let's say, let's say, I mean, this community strong is is used in a very negative sense, you know, for for a group that is yeah. that, that who, who desires death and destruction upon other individuals. You know, um, it's it's easy to pick on um, it, people from an, another religion, for example, mm-hmm. uh, as being so. But, you know, and their community is very you know, uh, you know, this unity against someone else that, but that, but my, my point is a lot of the times these things are very subjective. It's subjective based on your point of view. You're not going to be for that community strong issue over there, you know, because yeah. of their, of their viewpoint, but you might be okay with this one over here because it's very generic and basic and shallow. Yeah. Or, and let's be real about, I don't, I said, I didn't want to get like too into politics. I won't get deep into it, okay. but I can use this as an example. Okay. We have two political parties Absolutely. in this country and both say we should be able to unify around this or that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can't unify if you don't listen to the other person's viewpoint. Mm-hmm. And if you listen to the other person's viewpoint, it's going to contradict your own. And so it's a struggle to find unity without having some parameters of saying like, this is the absolute truth ah, see, that so we can look to. <laughs> I was going to ask about that because um, to me, there's a difference between like subjective truth and absolute truth when it comes to the UK Wildcats. See, we have this uh, mm-hmm. subjective truth that like the UK Wildcats are the best team ever, but like the universal truth is that Calipari wasn't really that great of a coach <laughs> to begin with. <laughs> 
He's a really great. Uh, he's a really great NBA recruiter, oh right? I'm oh. being stupid. I'm oh, sorry. That man. was more controversial than than probably in univer- the unity and truth. Said. Yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm teasing. I'm teasing. Heresy. No, he's he's awesome uh, for the NBA. Yeah, he right? he, helps, he helps people get NBA uh, <laughs> all, superstars right out the gate. So no, yeah. um, so but no, but so so the the gauntlet has been thrown down, right? So, uh, do do we on all of us like here on the podcast, I, I don't want to speak for YouTube, but I, I would say that in the past we have all pretty much come to a consensus that there is, there's got to be a universal truth to the yeah. way the world operates, to the way God mm-hmm. operates, to the way Christ operated and what he came to do and what he still does. And there can't be any wiggle room because if there were two sides to the story that were both somehow true, then God wouldn't be God. Yeah. So does that also apply to the way that we have unity in theology? It should. Ah. It should. I believe it's a guidepost for all that. So let's move on to talking about the church then. Um, So we know that humans' attempts at uh, trying to forge unity on their own are going to fail in some way um, unless we are submitting ourselves to the absolute truth. Okay. Um, we need truth to arbitrate things between people because we're going to contradict each other and have different versions of reality and things. Um, but when it comes to the church, um, the church is also striving for unity, but also kind of failing in certain areas. Um, I I think that's a very fair statement. So do you think that the church would emphasize one or the other between truth and love? Because we say that we're about both as the Christian church, um, but which one do you think is getting more airtime these days? These days, I think it's very easy to say, uh, well, rephrase that. So from an overall Christian culture perspective, Mm -hmm. from a very broad stroking point of view, I think it's very easy to say that uh, that over the last 20 years, we have definitely seen a lot more of the the, the love emphasis come out mm-hmm. and much less of the truth. Whereas I would say that in the 1900s, um, we, there was definitely much more of the sense of truth and many people would argue much less sense of the love, um, which is where you get a lot of these different um, ideas, you know, that, you know, I, I wouldn't be welcome in that church. You know, I don't dress yeah. well enough or, you know, I don't have the right clothes or, or they don't want someone like me. Um, and so much of that comes from a stereotype that has developed due to how the church treated those who are not in the church. Uh, and so a yeah. less more, many people would argue unloving perspective of yeah. those individuals. So you, so, so in many ways, uh, not quite a pendulum, but definitely a shift towards these days in the last, I'd say 20 years, a huge shift more towards love and less yeah. emphasis on truth. I agree with that. There seems to be, like there was um, a lack of love in the past in certain areas mm-hmm. of the church. And it's been probably stereotyped a bit. Oh, absolutely. Um, but still that, uh, that vision is out there. And I think that there mm-hmm. is kind of a reaction against it. Mm-hmm. But it's funny is like the ticky tacky judgmental stuff about like, of course the classic thing that they use in ministry is like the color of the carpet or whatever. Oh yeah. Um, I've never actually really seen a church fight that hard about something like that. 
but I can see where they would get that from because of some of the shallow things that churches will, um, will sometimes quarrel about. Oh yeah. You oh, know? yeah. And so, but that's not really like focusing on the truth either. So it's kind of like a lack of love and then an overreaction towards love, but it's mm-hmm. love not necessarily based in the truth. Well, I think, yeah. I think from the 1900s, that particular, much more less loving perspective. There was a much more emphasis on this is what the Bible says. This is what the yeah. Bible says. The Bible it, says you need shag carpet. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I, I, I think there was a sense that you would even, um, I, I, there is a, there's a, an, an additional stereotype that tacks onto that where, um, of having someone buy, uh, beat you over the head with the Bible. Mm-hmm. And, and so while doing so yeah. screaming, feel the power of feel the, uh, yeah, feel, feel the power of God. Um, and that kind of mentality often came. There's with, some fear of that too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, and so, so it was much more emphasis. This is what the Bible says, and we can't deviate one single bit from what this single passage says in English, the way it's written in English. And we're not going to look at anything else beyond right. this, and we're not going to have a discussion about it. And 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 with it comes a lot of misinterpretations. But that's what the truth is. This is the truth. And yeah, and so there's a lot mm-hmm. of a lot of. Um, as you point out, fear, a lot of um, force structure, a lot of anger even associated with it. Um, this mentality that you're not allowed to have any sort of joy in church comes out of this era. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's disrespectful, Bob. <laughs> just, <laughs> just ashamed of yourself. Just ashamed. <laughs> no, I was just, um, I, had a, I had an example when you asked the question, um, have you seen any human attempts at unity without God involved? Yeah. So this isn't necessarily that God isn't involved, but it's just that God isn't really their focus. So their unity uh, is surrounded by the idea that they've been freed from Babylon and they they, mm. they come back. Um, this is from Haggai. So if you guys who are listening aren't familiar, it's like 17 years since they were like freed from bondage in Babylon. And so Zerubbabel and a few other people who had seen the like temple before it was like knocked down um, are still alive. And they had lived in bondage and were set free and then came back to where they lived and began to rebuild. And so the problem is that that's, that's all they were unified around. So they were unified around the fact that they were all free from bondage and they all needed to rebuild. So they, they, they set to like getting their panel houses in order, which is what it says in Haggai one. And so the problem is that when the Lord comes onto uh, Zerubbabel into Haggai, um, in the second year of Darius, the King, mm-hmm. the, the Lord says like, Hey, you're, you guys are situating yourselves just fine. And you have been for the last like two decades, just about, but you have not even lifted one piece of wood to rebuild the temple. Mm-hmm. And so when, when that happens, they like are super responsive and do it. And then eventually just like go back to like building their houses again. And it's like, they don't like finish yeah. And so it's like they're f- never focused on God. They're always kind of like unified around their own stuff. And so God is like telling them like, listen, you really need to get like yeah. back on this. So I, my example is they do have unity in that they're trying to rebuild their society, but they don't okay. have unity under what God wants. And so as a result, God is like they're telling them they need to like be focused on him. And so what I guess is a parallel to what we're going to be talking. You're, you're going to be talking about. We as a podcast are going to be talking about 
is this idea that when we're not focused on, on God, we might be unified in community ways, but not necessarily in like how we're living or living out God's uh, hopes for us. Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Yeah, So I saw this tweet a while back and this is kind of what got the wheels turning on this issue for me. Uh, So, you know, whoever said nothing bad came from Twitter um, did anyone ever say that? <laughs> Cause if they did, I want to, I want to point my finger in their face and say, please right. tell me. So whoever said nothing good came from Twitter. Okay. There you go. That's better. That's better. Yeah. Um, no, this is actually a pretty good point. I thought, um, it said, you know, everybody who says they want unity right now and you say you're praying for unity, but it's not working. Have you considered letting the truth have its day, letting the truth come out? to see where that leads you in terms of unity. Um, and so I got to thinking about like, what does truth have to do with unity? Um, I read first John one, five through seven. I was looking at this. It says, this is a message we have, uh, heard from him and declare to you. God is light in him. There is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him and yet walk in darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we will have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son purifies us from all sin. So there's kind of a uh, hand in hand statement happening here. If, okay. if we walk in the light as he is in the light, which means if we acknowledge the truth of Jesus and the gospel, mm-hmm. we acknowledge what God says in scripture, who God is, um, Then two things, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son purifies us from all sin. And so they go hand in hand. You have to have a, a recognition of the truth and a willingness to accept God's truth. And then that's when we have fellowship with one another because we have to walk in the light to have that fellowship is basically what, um, John is saying. Interesting. Yeah. And so I think that there's a lot of times that we try to just forge ahead with this unity thing, this project, you know, um, but we're not about walking in the light first. It it keeps raising that question in my mind. What are we unified under? (laughs) Yeah. Cause can you be unified if you have nothing to be unified under? Like, I mean, that's, that's the whole point, right? Cause Mm -hmm. it's different. Mm -hmm. It's, it's different when we talk about the church because you can be unified under like a sports team, Mm -hmm. but when it comes to the church, you have to be unified under a grander version of the truth. Yeah. When, mm-hmm. when, uh, when troubles happen in the world, um, does your unification under the sports team really matter? Does it really hold up? And the answer most people would, would, would give is, is no, no. I mean, when, 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 when my life comes crashing down around me, mm-hmm. the unification I have in that sports team really isn't, doesn't really, it, it, it doesn't really matter at all. And so if we're not unified, so, so if our unity is based on subjective matters and not on the truth, then why does it matter in the first place? Right. So I, I was just, I find it interesting that without truth, our unity becomes a preference, just like sports fandom, even in the church. And so that can be, uh, you know, blown by the directions of the wind, you know, like James talks about. Absolutely. Yeah, because it's not based on um, the solid foundation of God. 
And so it's always going to like scatter in one way or another. Um, so, so what you're saying, Zach, are, are you suggesting that maybe we should emphasize more, more of the truth? I think if we are finding that we're in a community that's emphasizing love and not truth, I think that you can't, um, you can't have one without the other. And I think we made that same married with children. Can't have one without the other. We said the same thing last episode <laughs> about love and risk. Yeah, just um, unity comes with truth. And uh, unity is made possible by acknowledgement of the truth. Um, I look again at uh, Philippians 2, um, which kind of brings up the question, who can have unity? You know, is unity meant for... Um, for just anyone like is God forging unity between like, you know, everybody out there, whether they believe in God or not. Well, Philippians two, uh, starting in verse five, Paul is talking to the church of Philippi. He says in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God, something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under the earth, that every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God, the father. Mm. So I love the way that this all kind of pieces everything together um, because Paul is saying, you know, for you guys to have unity as a group, you need to be humble and you need to have the same mind as Christ. So approach things the way that Christ did. So that's through humility, through serving, through, um, you know, submitting to the will of the father and, and serving both people and God. Um, and it has to do with who Jesus is because it says that he, um, had a quality with God and it says that God raised him up and gave him a name that's above every other name. Mm -hmm. So it has to do with worship. Um, it has to do with, um, all things that are wrapped up in the life of Jesus. I want to share a scripture. Yeah. Unless I'm trying to make sure you didn't already list this. I don't think you did. You mentioned first John uh, and you mentioned Philippians. Mm -hmm. um, so for, in first Corinthians, when he is first addressing and saying like, I'm appealing to you brothers. Okay. What chapter? First uh, Corinthians one, okay. 10. Gotcha. Gotcha. A lot of ones. I'll just read a little bit of this, but I'm going to skip because I want to get to the pertinent points. I appeal to you brothers by name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So remember that throughout this, he, he keeps mentioning Christ. That's important mm -hmm. that all of you agree and that there are no divisions among you, but that you be united in the same mind and the same judgment. Okay. For it has been reported to me by Chloe's people that there is quarreling among you, my brothers. What I mean is that each of you says I follow Paul or I follow Apollos. And so we don't have to go through this whole part about Apollos and Paul. Uh, uh, just know that Apollos was another individual 
like yeah. Paul who was preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. This to me is a is a, an example of the divided church that we have run into problems with in the past. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and it says like, you know, or I follow Cephas or I follow Christ. Is Christ divided? Question mark. So that's mm-hmm. that is the point that Zach has gotten to before yep. now. And yep, the rhetorical con- question. The the problem is that Christ isn't divided. Yes. And so going going forward, um, he says, I thank God that I baptized none of you except for Crispus and Gaius so that no one may say that you were baptized in my name. So mm-hmm. he keeps reiterating that it's not about the people of Earth's truth. Like he keeps saying that like you're trying to say, I follow these people of Earth. Yeah. And so going forward down here, say uh, it started and then in verse picking up in verse 17, it says for Christ did not send me to baptize, but to preach the gospel and not with words of eloquent wisdom, lest the cross of Christ be emptied of its power for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing. What he means by that is people who don't want to hear it. People who are dead in sin potentially, but to, but to us who who are being saved. It is the power of God for it is written. I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and the discernment of the discerning. I will Mm -hmm. thwart. So he he continues on. But what I'm saying is just to get to a point of there being a failure to, to, to have unity in terms of intellectualizing Christianity. I think there's a huge problem where we get into the, to the bickering nature of who knows the right version or who knows what's right and wrong. Mm -hmm. We squabble over like, theological points and miss the point of the gospel. And, and the, in Corinthians, mm. he deals with that so much. Yeah. There's all the different aspects of people who don't quite yeah. get it right. And Paul, I believe was, uh, so intimately blessed by the Lord to be this guy who can come in and kind of discern that kind mm-hmm. of spirit. Um, you know, it's so often we need a Paul mm-hmm. who can gracefully, but like firmly tell us mm-hmm. where we're goofing up. Yeah. Uh, but the the unity that he is referring to when he says back in you know verse eleven, uh, I'm sorry, verse ten, uh, be no vision among you, but that you would be united in the same mind and the same judgment. He's talking about Christ's mind and judgment, like yeah. what we get when we are first sure. receiving salvation. Yeah, and it's the same kind of mindset that he mentions in the Philippians verse that we just read, right? Where he basically describes the entire mission of God, right? You know. And so yeah. what's what's frustrating is that uh, so often people don't want to understand that the second that we are focused on believing the worldly like view of someone or another person's opinion and we don't seek after Christ to be of the mind of Christ, we often don't unify. Mm-hmm. But just as Jesus humbled himself and carried a cross. <laughs> if we can humble our, if, and we can humble ourselves, yeah. we would find that that unity would probably come a lot more yeah. swiftly. I, f- I feel like yeah. oftentimes mm-hmm. unity and truth are coupled with being humble too. Yeah. That's another part of it. Cause the second you relinquish your own like proud mind. No, I, th- 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 that's a very, very strong point because in order to be unified, we have to be able to set aside our preferences and mm-hmm. recognize where the truth actually lies. There you go. Yeah. So I thought, I, sorry, um, I got a new Bible recently and it had a cool reference in it. And when Zach go. was discussing, I was like, wait a minute, I knew there's yeah, a reference yeah. from Corinthians. Um, the fact that he says being united in like the mind and judgment, I think it's interesting because it doesn't initially say in like 
Christ mind, but then he immediately gets to that and mm-hmm. is like, because you're following me or yeah. Apollos, but you're, if somebody says I'm following Christ, but is Christ divided? He's not divided. Mm-hmm. So if you're really following Christ, then you can't be divided as a church. Yeah. That's the problem. Yeah. And so it makes me wonder because, you know, um, I won't read the whole thing, but uh, in John 17, I think it's 17. Where's the Jesus prayer, Bob? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, 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 believe that yeah. 17 sounds about right. But there's, I, a I section, so. there's a section that is often referred that, to as the, the Jesus prayer. Yes. It's, it's the prayer that Jesus prays in the Garden of Gethsemane. Yep, um, exactly. And he, and he prays that all the followers would be one. That's Jesus' prayer for us. But it's also included in that, that we will be one in him. So it's not just one just to be together. Yes. It's one for a purpose. 17 verse 11. Yeah. And now I am no longer in the world, but they are, but they are in the world and I am Mm -hmm. coming to you. Holy father, protect them in your name that you, uh, that you have given me so that they may be one as we as are one. Yeah. So, so it's not even just like they are one, the way they are, they are one as, as we, as we, the Trinity are one. Yeah. Yeah, and so it's a oneness that's based on a higher thing than just like our preference or an institution. And so I wonder if what Jesus is setting up there, and this could get you in trouble based on certain traditions of interpreting the Bible, mm-hmm. but what if it's not about uh, the certain strain of church that you're in? You know, what if you can have unity with people from different denominations mm-hmm. if they have that same mind of Christ that yeah. Paul is talking about? Well... <laughs> the three of us, the three of us, we used to go to the same church, but now we go to three different churches. And before mm-hmm. we met, we went to three different churches too. Mm-hmm. I was raised Catholic. Right. <laughs> so we are, um, I would say, a unified friendship of three people. Absolutely. And Absolutely. I think that we have a close knit unity because we have decided together that we're individually seeking Christ. That's the most important part of each one of our individual lives. And then we've formed this community together, kind of a mini community where we um, hold each other accountable. Like we would call each other out Mm -hmm. um, and we would ask each other for, um, for advice um, all kind of in the manner of directing us towards God (laughs) Absolutely. And so Absolutely. I think I think even if one of us joined like a completely different denomination, if I went off and became Presbyterian or something, I think we would still have that same unity, would we not? Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, I believe so. I think that I think that sometimes though the communities well, that we're well, a part of do affect us, but I do I do believe that you're right. I think that I, I one thing I do believe is that um once God has got like a hold of you, it's like hard for yeah. him uh, hard yeah. to like for him to let go of you in that way. I think you would have to like deliberately like step away from the truth of God. And I think all of us know how to um, respect and engage with the church without putting the church in the place of God. Right. Right. And some of us have learned that in different ways. I know I've learned that the hard way at one point, but you, you can't worship the church that you go to because all you're doing is worshiping an institution. But meanwhile, God does have on earth what he calls the church, but the church is made up of everybody who is genuinely seeking him and wanting to humble themselves, mm-hmm. follow the gospel and be discipled by Christ. The body. 
the mm-hmm. body, right? And the disciple issue is something that we'll talk about later. You know, that's another but, thing, and I, and I want—I don't want to put any churches on blast, but um, if you are putting something up as an idol above mm-hmm. God, you have to ask yourself: Is that thing you are putting above God leading you back to God? Strike two, if if it's not. Mm-hmm. So, for example, and I'm, again, I'm not trying to put anybody on blast, but unification, I don't think, can come if everybody just really likes the pastor. Yeah. Because unless the past, just like it says in First Corinthians scripture I just read, if it's just the pastor that you really mm-hmm. like, yeah. and you're not seeking after God, if the pastor who you are listening to isn't leading you back to the scripture, leading you back to God, then what you are really worshiping is that person. Yeah. And so just like it says in first Corinthians or like uh, Zach said later in uh, Philippians, mm-hmm. um, you're, you're going to have to, at some point dedicate your life, not to anything other than Christ. Mm-hmm. If you want yeah. to find the unity that comes with being a part of the community of Christ. Right. And I was once part of a church where they did, I, I wouldn't say they worship the pastor, but when the pastor decided to leave, so did half the congregation to That's follow pretty him. Typical, sadly, yeah, and so, yeah. so which, which in my mind, you were never committed to the group, to the community. You were committed to an individual. You were mm-hmm. committed, and and not just an individual, but a man, um, and, a, 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 that that is not deity in nature. Yeah, and you should. I mean, and I know, I know that's not what you meant, but the community also can be sort of a thing that you can trust more than God sometimes with truth. Like if you have mm-hmm. a community mm, mentality, yes. I know that's not what you meant. You said right, like no, no, st- no. staying to help the community. No, 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 but you're absolutely right. Yeah. Where, where you can say, well, I don't, well, because my community believes this or holds this viewpoint, then eh. that, that, yeah. then, I, then I'm going to hold on to this viewpoint as well. And wait a minute. Well, what do you mean? The Bible talks back against that viewpoint, Yeah, but, but it, it goes against my community. So I, I, I can't follow that. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't follow what the Bible says there. That goes against my community. Another another part of of Paul's ministry in Second Corinthians, where he discusses like how a lot of the gifts don't build up or do build up the church, like speaking in tongues versus getting mm-hmm. a prophetic word and things like that. His focus there is to unify the church in terms of getting messages from the Lord, and I believe that we are we are simultaneously in a one v one relationship with God and a community with God relationship as well. So once you, once you get right with the truth of God, then and everybody else individually is doing that. Then it's easy to unite because you're all coming together and saying like, of course, God, mm-hmm. God and I, yeah. we're all on the same page. And now this community is all on the same page. The problem mm-hmm. is when we do only the worldly stuff, when mm-hmm. we only are talking to our friends, we're not like dive into the word. We're not praying. We're not uh, listen. Well, I wouldn't say listening to the Holy Spirit, but you know what I'm trying to say. Uh, Basically, when none of that other stuff is happening, then the only thing you're unified under is the wishy-washiness of the uh, uh, frivolous conscience of heart. When it's all all about just the group, you know, it's... It's not leading you back to God yes. and, and, and God and, really is the source of unity. Yes. So. And if, when, if that group unity, so to speak, that, that, that non surface, that, that non foundational subjective unity shifts away from your subjective viewpoint, then you're no longer yeah. part of it. Yeah. Yep. And so here's the, uh, um, convicting or maybe like could ruffle some feathers. Word. Let's do it. So first John four, in verse two. Okay. So how do we know 
whether our community is doing a good job, like pointing us back to Jesus or not. Okay. This is what first John says. This is how you can recognize the spirit of God. Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the antichrist, which you have heard is coming. And even now is already in the world. And I think the way that I kind of take that in terms of like, is how's my community doing with like pointing us towards the truth Mm -hmm. is what are they saying about Jesus? Like, Mm -hmm. who are they saying Jesus was? Are they saying things about Jesus that are contrary to scripture or are like kind of out there? Um, if it goes against Jesus in the flesh some way, because these churches existed in the, at the time that first John was written, there were Mm -hmm. churches that were preaching that, uh, Christ was just some spirit, you know, and none of the stuff that he did on the cross was really like a Mm -hmm. bodily thing. Yep. It was all energy, just all energy, man. And so like those churches were gaining traction Mm -hmm. and followers because of the messages that they were giving and, um, they were becoming quite popular. And so I think that what they say about Christ is a good indicator Mm -hmm. of what's this church doing. Like if they're kind of like, you know, we we'll talk about Jesus for like a few minutes, but really it's more about just like making friends. Well, you know, you you know, (laughs) you say that, but that's pretty much what the, uh, what the first Corinthians church was kind of doing in a lot of ways. Yeah. And Paul actually continued uh, the, the, yeah, the church in Corinth was doing. And so in first Corinthians, not, not the first Corinthians church, but the church in Corinth. But mm-hmm. in first Corinthians later on from what, from what, um, Colin was reading in chapter five, he begins to call them out even further. Um, where, you know, at the, at the end of the chapter there, he's like, um, because he's talking about kind of more judging, uh, judgment taking place within, mm-hmm. within the church. And he's like, and he says, for what have I to do with the judging, the, uh, those outside the church? Is it not those who are inside the church that you are to judge? God will judge those yeah. outside. As, and, he, and this part is in quotes because he's quoting the Old Testament. He says, drive out the wicked person from among you. He's basically telling them, look, you need to be cleaning house. Mm-hmm. If you find people that are driving you away from that unity, away from that foundation, away from that truth that is Christ, then get rid uh-huh. of them. Tough, tough love. Danger, but, danger. But yeah, and, yeah. That's, and that's hard. I mean, but in many ways, he's saying that you need to you need to clean up the church so that you can be unified. We, that, that is, that is tough. That is typically a hard pill to swallow for a lot of modern churches is that mm-hmm. that's a very hard pill to swallow that um, there might be people in the community that are, that are stifling unity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, now th- th- there's a difference between getting rid of everyone who doesn't agree with every single point you have yeah. and getting rid of those who are actually causing t- problems in the community. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, so, Zach's scripture he just read from First uh, John, what is it, 4, four. 2, and 3, um, where it says, like, the, you'll know them because they will, conf- you know, they'll they'll confess the word of Christ. Look, they'll say the word of Christ they'll, yeah. and everything that they're doing. And so typically, like, a, to go back to something I said earlier about being humble, and I know we're running out of time, but when we talk about being humble, what I mean specifically in terms of unity is, let's say that Zach and Bob come to me and mm-hmm. they say, we have been really deep in the word lately. And we find that there's this new thing uh, that we, we should all talk about. It's like something maybe we've been all on the wrong page about me being like super like prideful. 
would be like, I don't need to have anything fixed. My theology is set. I know what I need to do. <laughs> but so so part of part of that is um all three of us individually need to go and get straight with the scripture. Yeah. But we also need to be open to like learning something new that God may have for us. And then mm-hmm. that is that is, in my opinion, true unity is always being open to like God to like teach you something new. Mm-hmm. Or always be open for God to make you hold fast to something that you may be wavering on. And when you get to absolute truth with God, which I don't know if it's possible in this life, but if there is some way for you to completely understand the Lord, um, then you will know that uh, you are like fully, mm-hmm. fully yeah. of, of what Christ has for you. Mm-hmm. Um, what a glorious day that would be when all of us can unite in that same way. But um, I guess, I guess the point is that, if you are if you are coming in with your own human like thought process on what truth is, then you're never gonna you're never gonna yeah. unite because yeah. you're all gonna have your own preconceived notion of what truth is. It starts with accepting that Christ came in the flesh, I think. And you know, it even goes further to say that the the element that would be teaching that Christ did not come in the flesh, that's actively disavowing that, um, that is called antichrist. Yeah, because like if you try to have like your human teaching, there's a chance that that can get co-opted by the enemy and you're actually working against God at that point. And that can do tremendous damage to the church. And so um, we need to pray to be able to discern like what uh, what teachers are giving us truth. And I think that one of the ways that you can, you know, one of the measuring rods is is what they say about Christ. Who is he? Um, so, yeah, challenging stuff. Boom, boom, boom. I like it, Zach. Thank so, you. So, real quick, do you think we should emphasize truth or love? Or unity? Or unity. I would say you can't have unity without truth. That's how I feel about it yeah. in that order. But I also think that the truth of what Jesus wanted was community. Yeah. So I think a part of his wish for the world mm-hmm. is for us to feed our sheep and for us to love one another, as he says mm-hmm. in first John 15. So I think Jesus's intention for truth involves community. So mm-hmm. I think they're interchangeable, Definitely. but I do think that yeah. truth is the starting place yeah. for both things to yeah. exist correctly. Yes. And so as previously stated, you know, that without truth, then unity becomes nothing but a preference. Um, But without unity, truth becomes nothing more than a way of pointing fingers and showing individual superiority towards people. It becomes a club that that you beat others with. It it leads to a self-righteous attitude that is more about tearing others down for not being in the truth the way that you are instead of unifying them uh, in that truth and trying to lift them up through it. And so, so yeah, so I think, I think the unity that, that with, and with that unity, obviously, as we point out, comes love. It, it really helps bring others into that truth and mm-hmm. helps them understand what that truth really is. Boom. Yeah. I think unity is based on love, but it has to be the love that comes from Jesus Christ. And so you can't have that without the truth of who he is. Um, and I think that in some mysterious way through the Holy Spirit, these can happen at the same time, but we have to like humble ourselves and allow God to do that work of forming community. Cause if we try to do it on our own, it 
just uh, not going to work, not long term. So there we go. Absolutely. Good deal, guys. Yep. Thank you, Zach, for bringing that awesome episode topic. And um, thank you guys for listening. Uh, we are, of course, still on the same applications, uh, still the same websites. Um, we we absolutely love that you've come and listened, but we would also really appreciate if you come and also uh, either comment, uh, leave a rating on any of these yeah. sites. Uh, Check us out on Facebook. Leave, leave us a comment over there. Tell us what you think. If you feel like you want to uh, support us in any way, we do have a Patreon account. You can check us out the House Plants Podcast Patreon. And uh, yeah, so thank you again, and uh, we will catch you next time. Peace.